Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. All right, what's up, everybody? Week one is over. The Colorado bump, Buffaloes bumped off the Horn Frogs, and the top 25 shakeup has already started. We were recording this before Duke and Clemson. Uh, hey, unless you're Darius Rucker, uh, I think he's the only person that's calling for Duke to win that football game. But uh, <laughs> that, that's pretty much how it goes. And uh, maybe FSU is for real. They won a shootout last night against LSU. At least the first half was. And then, you know, talent and depth chart clearly took over in that one. Uh, yeah. What's up, Trash Talkers? Welcome back to the College Football Roundtable. Or if you could prefer, you can still call it Ring Knocker Radio. And again, it's Ring Knocker Central here. Uh, Joe is down. And and uh, hopefully we'll get him back on the show pretty soon because uh, we need his voice because his delivery allows us to uh, have a little bit more humor. And uh, right now you've got three lieutenants facing in each of the cardinal directions. Again, all we need is a fourth and we would be completely lost. But uh, I'm your host, Rob, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I got Dano Ikebesa calling out of coastal Connecticut. And we've got the notorious ZOP joining us today. He's always a, a good fill-in guest but he also has some great analysis and insights. So what did you guys end up watching this weekend? I watched a ton, man. I caught uh, most of NC State at UConn, Louisville at Georgia Tech, uh, Virginia at Tennessee, Northern Illinois at Boston College, which was my second favorite game of the week, uh, only to Colorado at TCU, USF at Western Kentucky, a little bit of UMass at Auburn. Army obviously uh, had UTSA at Houston playing on the other the other TV and then, uh, yeah, man, outside of that fourth quarter in Monroe, Louisiana, it was an outstanding Saturday that I enjoyed thoroughly. Yeah, it's a good football Saturday. How about you, Zop? I'll tell you what, I was bullish on the Utah-Florida game. It was a payback game at home at Utah. Really liked it. Uh, if you saw a student section, an entire crowd uh, bleeding red, uh, it was in Utah. Uh, excellent game. Totally shut down the Gators. And uh, so – the SEC chant was a little dulled down after that. Uh, a couple of the beatings, you know, where it says OU in, in two schools that really tried to dominate. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. 73 points, Oklahoma. 81 points, Oregon. So the, the big O's kept – yeah, that's, that is very true. Uh, for me, like I said, my, my comment is simply this. Florida's dead. You know, as much as we like to see the SEC is like the road to the, the you know, the college football championship, I, I think genuinely right now that is fully seated with Georgia and everybody else in that conference needs to catch up, to be honest. Uh, Utah, uh, like they put it on them without Cam Rising, right? That guy's hard down, and if Cam Rising is not playing in the game and Utah is still performing – everybody that plays that team is going to have their work cut out for him because cam rising is, a, is an athlete. And if his backup is just as good, Hey, yeah, enough said there, but to be completely honest, like I said, I watched the, the Colorado TCU game from start to finish. I don't know who I'm more impressed with Shador Sanders or Travis Hunter. I mean, literally, it, you know, you heard all the speculation in the off season from Deion Sanders saying, Hey, both of these guys should be top Heisman candidates. And you don't believe it. That was one game. And early in the season, but if they can continue to play the way that they played against those two games 
those guys are tremendous athletes, man. Shadur Sanders, 510 yards, set the passing record for Colorado. There's been no other quarterback at that university that's thrown that much, and they had four receivers with 100 yards receiving. I mean, I, I, like I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, way way to silence the critics. And uh, the other part of it is, and I teased this on the on the Army football show, but uh, the Pac-12 was 13 and 0 this weekend. So are they starting their revenge tour, or are they just playing better because they are looking on to greener pastures? But uh, you know, and back to Zop's point, like the beating that uh, OU put on them, like are, like what's happening to all these teams that are switching conferences? Are they trying to like set the tone before they go in? Uh, hey, OU, I, I hate to tell you, like you may be able to do that in the Big 12, but you're going to get smacked around when you get to the SEC. So enjoy it while you can. But uh, yeah, moving on to uh, the reading. Uh, we've got a sponsor here at Ask for Football. It's BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn was founded by a class of 97 graduate, Dan Robinson. Dan ran a traditional farm co-op and animal auction and realized, hey, there's got to be a better way of bringing this to the 21st century. Dan and his co-founder, Dinu, took their experience in IT management and development and built the world's first farm-to-farm online auction and sales platform. Buyer Barn provides reduced animal issues or animal health issues because they reduce animal-to-owner contact, reduce fraud through a buyer-seller rating system. They have a full, fully integrated auction platform with secure payments, convenient to buy or sell on your own time, and better market pricing because of the wider audience. To find out more, go to buyerbarn.com or email them at info at buyerbarn.com. They're offering a special discount for military veterans who want to assist them in the family farm revolution. Dano, let's run down the service academies. Uh, <laughs> Fast and furious. Yo, uh, as we said, Army did not look so hot in their first outing with the new offense. A lot more on that in the Army football show. In short, however, it looks like this new offense is still quite a work in progress. Um, here's hoping for the best. Air Force this week is on the road at Sam Houston. They're 1-0 after stomping an FCS team. Looks like they have a decent... T- uh, decent team. They seem to be the least impacted by these cup locking changes. But let's wait until they get into the heart of their schedule. Uh, after seeing what Wyoming did to Texas Tech, you know, that looks like a tough game. They also have games coming up against Utah State, San Jose State, San Diego State in the next few weeks. So, like, I wouldn't say it's easy. Uh, I think San Jose State in particular is way better than advertised. Utah State, I don't know. I think San Diego State's going to be okay. So, I guess we'll see. Uh, Navy is coming off the bye week after having uh, gotten trounced by Notre Dame. They'll open their home campaign this this Saturday against Wagner, which is an FCS team on Saturday. Ought to be interesting to see how they bounce back after week one. You know, their offense looked at least as anemic as Army's did. And finally, uh, in the FCS ranks, the Coast Guard Academy lost uh, 28 to 44 to the University of New England. Um, they take on the Anna Maria Amcats this week. Um, the Bears have won three of the last four, and they won 66 to 28 last year. So we'll see what the Coasties do this time. And the Merchant Marine Academy put the hurt on Western Connecticut, 52 to 35. They start their home slate against Gallaudet. Looks like Merchant Marine Academy is the stronger of the two teams this year. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, so at, at this point, this is where we would introduce Joe for the Blue Falcon of the Week. However, uh, because he's down, I will try and do my best of impersonation of Joe. So Blue Falcon of the Week is uh, Coach Brian Kelly from LSU. I, I don't know if you saw the press when my man comes out and goes, hey, look, we're going to put a beating on FSU. Well, <laughs> the, the reality of it is, is you didn't. It didn't. It, it did not age well at all. You know, I saw a couple of crying Jordan memes, which I thought were hilarious of him after making that statement. Uh, I think uh, probably in his mind he wanted to, 
but like yeah. you watch that game, like the first half, it was close, and then it turned into a track meet. And, and Florida State is like for real because they have some athletes and a lot of speed on the outside. And so I think that's going to be a challenge for everybody in the ACC. And oof, I mean, I mean, good luck to you. But uh, yeah, as a coach, you don't want to say anything dumb. I think that was probably one of the dumbest things that you could have said in front of a live studio audience and then uh, got trounced, lost by 20. Oof, not good. All right. Um, trailing also found the largest bus in the street and threw his entire team underneath it. You know, yeah. he gave up on them and went public. I mean, so you take this ABC game, it's on prime time, and you take your entire squad and chuck them under the bus game one. So what do you think the team's going to do to bounce back or not bounce back on purpose? You know, if that's your fearless leader, that was garbage. Haven't seen one of those uh, bus pushes until, um, you know, Bobby Ross pushed the Army team underneath the bus when they were at home, uh, giving up a 99-yard scoop and score off the corner. And, and, you know, Bobby Ross, again, just raised his hand, said, I'm no longer coaching this football team. Uh, so it's th- that kind of stuff right there doesn't play well in the locker room. And if I was a player, I, I think I'd be a little bit ticked off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. The main thing is like, like coaches are there to, to, you know, gotta, to use the cliche coach teaching mentor, right. They're supposed to provide those guys with perfect purpose, direction, and motivation. Uh, You're kind of stripping away all of that when you're like, Oh, well, these guys just didn't play up to their capability. Like, look, Florida state is good. Legit. Good. Like you edged them out last year. They beat you off a block, you know, blocked at your point. I think it was last year. So again, you had trouble with that team, you know, Hey, be honest. Hey, we're going to come in. We're going to put, you know, we're going to put our, our best foot forward and, you know, hopefully we get the win, but there's a lot better ways of saying, you know, Hey, look, we know it's going to be a close contest, but don't come in and, and, you know, poo poo your team. But uh, moving on to the top 10, uh, we'll break this down real quick. I, not a lot has been uh, released because the AP top 10 doesn't come out until tomorrow because they're waiting for the, the final score from the Duke-Clemson game. The only thing that I kind of see that will probably happen is LSU is definitely going to fall out of the top 10 or at least at the very least switch places with Florida State. But right now you have uh, UGA is number one, Michigan's number two, Ohio State's number three. They probably should move down. Bama is number four. LSU is number five, and that's pending uh, the reboot tomorrow. USC, Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, and Washington. You think and, Tennessee gets to move up because they were twelve and they beat <laughs> the hell out of Virginia? They gonna they gonna jump yeah, they in there look. with LSU dropping out? Yeah, I, I think they would have to because I think Tennessee had the you know they had a decent matchup and they won. And so I mean they they won yeah. big. That yeah. game was not close. Yeah, well it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, do you know, do the sports writers hate on uh, Joe Milton as much as they hated on Tennessee last year? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I, like there's a lot of talk about it and a lot of controversy about uh, oh well Joe Milton like we know that he has an arm but can he win? Well, he came in and won after you know. Yeah. Last year when QB1 got hurt, and so he's got an opportunity to to, to show up and, and show out this season. So I'll, I'll look forward to seeing, you know, what he has going on. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> number 17, TCU, is a, was, a ter- was the first top 25 upset. LSU will definitely be out. So far, we've only had two upsets in the top 25. But if uh, last year or the previous year's Indy indication, you're going to see between 40 and 50 head-to-head losses and matchups, and guys are going to be shuffling all the way around. Always tough to be number one. I think uh, looking at the the, the rankings this, this week, man, like Georgia did not play well in the first half. Like UT Martin was giving them all that they could handle, you know, and then all of a sudden they, they went back into the locker room and like, I guess, 
Coach Kirby Smart was like, hey, you, you realize you guys are the defending national champions like two years I, in a row. You might want to do that, that every year for the yeah. first half of the season. They sleepwalk through the first half of the season. I mean, what was it? They played Akron or somebody last year. Yeah. Close. Yeah. I forget. It, might, it was somebody like that. And it was Mizzou, too. They did it last year with Missouri. Like almost they almost lost. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, is- I mean, like, look, simple rules. You learn this as a toddler. Don't play with your food. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> they should be trying to put people away, particularly if they want to hold on to that number one spot because they know Bama is coming. You know, same thing with the Buckeyes. Buckeyes looked horrible this week. You know, their offense was super, super emaciated. They're hyping up their new quarterback. There's quarterback controversy. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Who knows? But the bottom line is they didn't put up, you know, their requisite 35 plus they normally do. Zop, you got something? But I think, yeah, I think you got the theme right there is quarterbacks. Quarterbacks matter. If you got Williams tearing it up at USC, they played better defense. I would be a little bit more bullish on uh, USC. It's just the Pac-12 just doesn't like playing defense. It's just in their DNA. But if you look at the Pac-12 quarterbacks, uh, they had four over 300 yards and at least three touchdowns, all of them leading uh, pretty successful. Washington State, Washington, USC. Um, So if you notice the trend is the teams that look good uh, had their big quarterbacks behind them. Michigan looked way better than Ohio State because J.J. McCarthy is playing great football. Ohio State's a question mark quarterback. Um, Alabama is a question mark, and they didn't really play anybody. Middle Tennessee State's not enough to really challenge. But absolutely, Caleb Williams bouncing back after a Heisman Trophy campaign is absolutely going to lead this team, and he has weapons. If you thought he had weapons last year, take a look at We have freshmen that run like Reggie Bush. So overall, is the the teams that really excelled and stood way above from the pack, you know, scored over 80 points, the one common thing, I think, was the quarterback play. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And I think it's more and more we're starting to see that, you know, and and this dives right into the conversation of the topic for today. Like the topic for today is, okay, let's be real. Is this the year of the transfer portal? And the reason why I say that is because look at everything that has gone on in college football in the last year. Like if you was if you would have told me, and, and I will say this because, again, a lot of people are giving like – Credit where credit is due. Let's give it to Colorado. They won the game. They played a good football contest. Again, you, you know, defense in the Big 12 or the Pac-12 is null and void. So, you know, the 12, and that means 12 touchdowns between two teams. We understand that. <laughs> but uh Pac two. <laughs> but look at but look at what look at what happened overall with how Deion Sanders was able to build that team. Like he let 67 players go at 68 transfers in, and he built a team out of nothing and they performed. Now TCU, yes, they their coaching staff made it to the national championship last year, but they only had ten guys that were in the on the team that made it to the national championship last year. So for people to make that comparison, like oh my gosh, Colorado beat last year's runner up, I think that's and a bit quarterback gone. Yeah, yeah, quarterback gone. Yeah, it goes back so to just another time. one. He's yeah, got a brand new guy in there, and to really put it all together, um, I liked what Dion did. And the thing is, I was not on the train. I thought TC would be able to win by, you know, seven, ten points at home. I knew that there was going to be an outrageous amount of talent. Uh, but it was a heavyweight fight. I liked it back and forth. Uh, so what Dion did to, you know, put a little bubble there and bring that team together in very rapid fashion was very, very impressive. 
Yeah. Well, well, what I would say is, you know, as part of the, the transfer portal, one of the advantages that a guy like Coach Prime has, there's the same thing that USC had for so many years, right? Like I'm coming to practice and there's Snoop Dogg on the, on the sidelines or there's Will Ferrell. Well, if you're watching all the social media stuff that's coming out on Colorado, you've got multiple, multiple, you know, Hall of Famers coming to practice. You know, yeah. you've got Warren Sapp teaching three technique to the defensive linemen. You've got Michael Irvin coming to talk to the wide receivers. You know, you've got all these people out there that are coming to his practice. So it's not only does he have a great coaching staff, like, look, you think about it. His uh, his offensive coordinator used to be a head coach, left the job and came to, to Colorado because they believe in what Prime is saying. And so all that being said, the transfer portal was a huge part of him being able to establish the team that he has. Dano, I, I know you had some notes in the in the drive, so I'd love to have you cover what you saw too. Well, yeah. So let's just take a step back from. I mean, Deion Sanders is Deion Sanders, and the fact that people think that he somehow doesn't know how to play football boggles my mind. But <laughs> you know, ULM that we saw a little too much of had forty plus players out of the portal this season, and at least on defense, they were not remotely the same team that I was expecting. Like they looked vastly improved. UMass is suddenly a real football team. You know, they held it close with freaking Auburn for a quarter and a half. Yeah. Like that quarterback, uh, what's his name, um, uh, Pumachon? Oh yeah. my god! And you know. Colorado, you talked about UConn went toe to toe with freaking NC State, and and UConn is almost built on the NFL model. Like they got a handful of core players, and then they got a bunch of people to round it out from the portal. So, you know, for example, their top two running backs are back. Plus, they got uh, quarterback Joe, uh, I think it's Fanyan from Maine, and wide receiver Brett Buckman from Delaware, and their offense is now a thousand percent more dynamic than it was. Like if you remember, that was a run heavy team. Uh, that yeah. kid Rose, Rojas, Rojas, Rosa, Rojas, Rojas. Yeah. Like he was a true freshman last year. Well, this year he's back and he's better than ever, but now he's got an actual quarterback who can actually throw. And that's a real football team. And they look good. Yeah. They played call. They, they played good offense. They opened up the playbook a little bit. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, UConn's offense was horrific. Yeah. Uh, last year, it was a little more imaginative, but now they have the right players to complement what their, you know, the plays are. Yeah. Turn the ball over at a critical time against NC State, who is very stout up front uh, as far as defensively, but as far as the the portal and the people that they're recruiting. If you looked at uh, the front four for UConn, uh, they went to the state of South Carolina. I'm pretty sure three of the four uh, defense alignment for, from South Carolina or Tennessee or places wow. that are very warm i know that much interesting yeah it's it's just amazing to me i mean you know yeah there's there's definitely players on the yukon team that you will recognize from being on yukon for a few years but mm -hmm. they like i said they it's like the free agency model they rounded it out with the guys that they needed and that program looks really good like you know That's there's good. been talk we'll about them the joining the big 12 and I, I think they'll be competitive yeah well i mean and look at caleb williams you know like what do you, say what you want about Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley built an offense to support Caleb Williams, both at Oklahoma and now at USC. And the dude's balling out of control. You know, like it or not, he's playing incredibly well. And it's because the system is designed to protect him. But he's also super, super athletic. And imagine that guy could still be in the Big 12. He probably would have hung 80 at you know Oklahoma this weekend. He probably had six touchdown passes <laughs> and would have played for them. But the other part of it is, is now he's at USC and – you know, barring any major catastrophe, like, again, I will always argue 
that, you know, the quarterback with the best record, that's a Heisman finalist. If you're going to give it to a quarterback, needs to be the guy. He lost to Cam Rising twice. Cam Rising should be the Heisman Trophy winner just because he beat Caleb Williams in head-to-head matchups. But performance-wise, you can't deny it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, football math doesn't always add up. But Caleb Williams is, you know, he's performing. And you get those role players. You get those other guys in that you need, you know, and and check that out. You know, who else is going to be in the Heisman talk right now? Freaking, you know, Sam Hartman. Oh, yeah. Another three or four For touchdowns sure. this past weekend. What? Dude, Sam hey. Harmon needs to be in the NFL. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, but he is, I mean, he is good enough to hold a clipboard somewhere on the NFL. I don't know if he'll find a spot, but he does have that kind of talent. Like, it's insane that he's still hanging around in college. Yeah. I mean, like, when you see him without his helmet off, he looks like John Wick, you know, with a big full beard and the long hair. It's I like, think, man, I like, think he looks like uh, Dan Fouts. He looks nice. like a young Dan Fouts. Yeah, but I, but he's another guy, right? Yeah, that looks like that. You know, if you watch the the Georgia Tech Louisville game, Georgia Tech and Louisville, the Georgia Tech QB one and wide receiver one used to be on the practice squad at Texas A and M. They transferred together, so this guy's been throwing <laughs> balls at this guy for at least a year plus, and now he gets to do it in a game, right? That's nuts. And that's the transfer portal. Like, that's imagine nuts. like you're able to pick up packages of players now. If you have room, you know, like salary cap, I hate to say it, but if you have room or or scholarships or enough NIL money, you can bring a whole receiving troop in for your quarterback that needs it. Yeah, think about Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter in Colorado, you know, played both sides of the ball. He oh my looked God, like Dion. That was amazing. I mean, this guy was impressive. And yeah, and the fact, yeah, you see this right here is he's, yeah, he's absolutely in the conversation because he was so athletic. He made plays, made impacts. And, and the fact that we're not even talking about Shadur Sanders, 510 yards, yeah. you know, against TCU, who's typically a pretty decent, you know, defensive team. Yeah, and, uh, so and, and, it, was, it was fun. It was fun to see it all out, and I thought that Caleb Williams is looking steady, Eddie. He's looking more and more like the number one pick in the NFL draft. Uh, he looks great on Dr. Pepper uh, commercials. He looks way better, <laughs> way better than Bryce Young did. And yeah. so you got Hollywood, and he's showing out in front of the cameras. Yeah, for sure. And, and the other part of it is, you know, jumping back on the, the Colorado thing for a little bit. Like, look, Colorado hasn't had a, a quarterback ever like Shador Sanders. Like the accuracy of that, like that kid's dropping balls in a bucket, you know, like he's doing back shoulder throws on a covered receiver. And, you know, he had a couple of drops, but the ones that they caught, dude, that's soul breaking. Like that's NFL type throws. And he's, a you know, he's a sophomore in college, like get out of here, you know, but it doesn't hurt that your dad is like, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt that. Well, yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that your dad can, you know, text Tom Brady and have him call your son. It's like, Hey, you need to work on your, your release and your, your dropbacks on your passes. Right. And like, that's, yeah. But that's really the advantage that Dion has is like he gets coaches and then he has all the other coaches that are just wanting to back him because they like him as a person. And so he's bringing in a lot of other, you know, extraneous talent around the fringes that's helping them out. Not all coaches can say that they have that, but I also think, you know, Lincoln Riley has done a very, very good job at, at, at keeping USC going because, again, like they, they easily could have been also ran like, oh, they're going into, you know, they're moving to the Big 12. You know, this is not the season for them to have a, a, a letdown because the road's only going to get tougher for them and, and Next year is going to be even tougher because Caleb Williams more than likely is not going to be there as they're moving into that Big 12 schedule. 
Uh, you want me to do this commercial? Yes, please. Yes. So uh, if you've been listening to this show, you know that Craig Oxane, Vice President of Residential Lending for Draper and Kramer in Chicago, is one of our sponsors. He's a member of the West Point class of 1994, can lend in all 50 states, uh, but based out of Chicago. Guys, this mortgage process is super confusing. You got interest rates moving all over the place. You know, you got people trying to make a buck off you. You got to sign two inches worth of paperwork when you get your house. Like, it's scary as it can be, right? You don't want to deal with somebody who does not care about you. Somebody who looks at you as a number or is just, you know, a call center, big box bank, you know, mindless website, whatever. So we're trying to introduce you to an actual person, right? This is how the West Point Network functions. Craig is helping us stay in business here at Azure Football, and we're helping you get the best deal that we can on a mortgage by introducing you to the guy that you need to meet. Plus, Craig does not charge lenders fees for veterans. That's a huge savings, like 1300 bucks. That's a lot of money. So Craig Oxane, Vice President of Residential Lending for Draper and Kramer. Link is on our website. Just go on there, askforfootball.com, you know, click the link, answer a few questions. You'll be talking to the dude in a couple of hours. Like it could not be easier. And we literally get emails all the time about how awesome he is. Thanks, Dan. All right. So we're going to run down uh, the games for the week. Well, not really. Yeah, games of the week. So we'll start at the top. Hey, there's Thursday night football again. So you got Murray State and Louisville. Uh, if you're a Louisville fan, go ahead and watch it. I don't know if I'll be tuning in for that one. I don't like to watch uh, public executions. <laughs> Friday, September the 8th, uh, you've got uh, there's no rank matchup on Fridays. You got Indiana State and Indiana. You got Illinois and Kansas. That should be an interesting one. I think that'll be the most interesting one. A Friday night, Saturday, you've got K State taking on Troy. That should be a window peeking to the future for you know future Army opponent. But also, is K State as good as they were last year? Because they're a pretty doggone solid team. They actually bumped off TCU in the Big Twelve Championship. So again, there's opportunity you know for the returning Big Twelve champions to to smack around Troy down there. You got Notre Dame and NC State. That one is probably going to be a much more compelling matchup than people think. I mean, at first, like uh, NC State, it's NC State. Are they going to be that good? They've played some really tough games so far this season, and I think uh, Notre Dame's got their work cut out for them. Ohio State is beating up a Youngstown State. That should hopefully be the offensive performance that uh, the the Buckeyes should have had this past week. They should probably (laughs) be able to turn on the juice against uh, Youngstown State, but – don't sleep on the Penguins because they are a pretty solid squad. And uh, the tie there, honestly, is Jim Trestle is the coach for both of those organizations, and that's an opportunity. You got number 14, Utah Baylor. Like, does Baylor even have a football team? Like, they were great a couple years ago, and everybody was high on them, and then now they just kind of disappear. Is this going to be the year that they kind of come back into prominence with all the shuffle going around? This is a chance for them to come back out on top. Uh Georgia's playing Ball State. Who cares? That one's going to be pretty disgusting. You got Delaware against Penn State. I will actually watch that one or at least catch part of it because I think Delaware. Really? Yeah, Delaware's a much tougher team than you give them credit. I think they'll hang in there. The I think they'll hang in there the first half, and then you know talent and depth chart will take. All right, all right. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, you got Delaware State and Army. They kick at noon on Saturday. That's going to be on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, let's see. Moving down. You got Holy Clemson. Cross at Boston College. That's an upset. You uh, think so? Watch out for you. I don't know, man. Boston College looked god awful last week. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Holy Cross is one of the better FCS programs. They're like the tops of the Patriot League. So that's a possibility, you know, battle, battling Worcester. Uh, right now, uh, you've got Nebraska and Colorado. That's not a ranked matchup, but I think uh, Matt Rule's got some work to do, man. Like, like, 
you know, you fire you, you fired uh, Scott Frost because you thought that was the best move for the team, or maybe it's just that your team is bad. Like maybe there's a recruiting problem in Nebraska. Like I don't think the 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 Cornhuskers have will ever get back to prominence without some major changes here soon. Uh, you got Clemson and uh, Charleston Uni- University of Charleston, South Carolina. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be a beating. Um, yeah, UNLV at Michigan. Like, how does that even happen? Like, I know UNLV was more for basketball. You've got uh, Texas A&M at uh, Miami. I like it. Yeah, that that should be an interesting one for sure because Texas A&M is, is, you know, they're ranked 23rd. Uh, expect to see them fall out of the top 25 because Miami is usually hot in the first half of the season and they fall apart about midway. Uh you got Miami of Ohio at UMass. Dano, that's that's, a, yeah, that's my must-watch game, dude. I, I'm fascinated by UMass's resurgence. Like, yeah, it's I'm I'm totally interested. I I don't know if I'll be home by then, but I'm I would like to watch that one. Yeah, I think that's a good. I, I think it's a good game. UMass is actually quietly playing well, so I I think that'll be an interesting matchup. Miami of Ohio, the old Red Hawks, man. Like if you're a uh, if you're a Steelers fan, then you know that's where old. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger came from way, way back in the day. I'm dating myself by saying that. You got a ranked matchup with Ole Miss and Tulane. That's number 22 taking on number 24 at 330 on ESPN. You got Wagner at Navy. That should be a beating in theory. But, I mean, you know, all things considered, of the offenses of the service academies, Navy's looks the worst. And, and I think that's a fair assessment after watching them. Probably not fair to say, like, yeah, well, they did play Notre Dame. But I don't know, man. Like, they had a couple good runs, but there was no real execution in the passing game. Their their offense is looking pretty emaciated. So you've got Iowa and Iowa State. Iowa realized that they can play during the daytime, which is surprising. But because uh, <laughs> normally, you know, normally when you play at Kinnick Stadium, like you got your work cut out for you. That you game like, is usually pretty good, though. Iowa yeah. Iowa State. Yeah, it, it usually is. But like when it's at night, you know, you get all bluesy when they turn out the lights and they wave to the kids in the hospital, and the opposing team gets all you know gets all emotional and then they get whipped in the second half. I think that's by design. But uh, <laughs> definitely definitely seen that happen on more than one occasion. Uh, moving down, you've got Tulsa at Washington. Can uh, old Michael Penix Jr. show up again and, and create Tulsa? Uh, again, Tulsa is one of those teams that's like, uh, are they good? Are they not good? We'll see. You know, everybody's favorite uh, ESPN Plus matchup, Dando, is going to be on Tennessee at Austin P. So if you don't have the plus, you are not watching it. So, yeah, no, one... thank you. I'll just read that one. <laughs> read about that one in the paper. Uh, you can always watch it on uh, Gamecast on your laptop and just watch the pictures move. Uh, you've got App State, North Carolina. Hey, old Boone, North Carolina coming out to. Uh, to Raleigh, I mean, UNC looked good. Can Drake May hold it up? Because we know that App State has been known to upset a Power 5 school. So that would be an interesting game. Uh, let's see. Moving on into the early evenings, you got SMU at Oklahoma. I mean, that's a matchup 20 years ago that we cared about. Maybe not so much today. You've got uh, number 15, Oregon, against Texas Tech. Oof. Can Texas Tech bounce back? Like, 
They lost a lost a close one in overtime to Wyoming, and they have the Ducks. That one's going to be an interesting one. I think uh, what was it? Mario Cristobal's offensive coordinator has like some kind of deal going on where they have to score a minimum of twenty five points a game. So we'll see if we'll see if he can keep that up. Uh, ranked on ranked matchup, you got number eleven Texas at number four Alabama. So you've got known quantity at quarterback at Texas and Quinn Ewers, and then you have unknown quantity at QB one at Alabama. After that- Alabama hangs fifty. The headline is going to read, Bama is back. Bama is my sleeper team this year. What a world. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, I think that'll be a good matchup. Quarterback play. It's going to be a quarter, it'll, it'll be a quarterback duel for sure. Um, Dude, it's going to be all about Alabama's defensive tackles and Texas quarterback. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, well, we might get to see Arch Manning a little bit earlier <laughs> when he goes down. But, uh, yeah, so moving on, uh, getting down to the, the early evening schedule on Saturday, you got Wisconsin and Washington State. That should be an interesting game. Yeah, because the Cougs played pretty well last last week. And Wisconsin, it's a second game with uh, Luke Fickle at the helm. He's known for putting on good defensive teams, but like he needs to have some offense, like for real, because you know we always know that there's going to be a five-star running back, probably a five and a half-star running back at Wisconsin that they're going to be able mm-hmm. to ride for for many many games. But sometimes the rest of the offense doesn't show up, and that's usually what keeps them from getting over the hump. So we'll see if they can do that. And then LSU's taking Grambling State on. I mean that's good. That's a money game. Well, they're going to win that one. Yeah, that's a money game for them. But <laughs> but what if they don't? Like, oof. like that would that'd be a tragic. Uh, you got Nichols at TCU. TCU is going to be licking their wounds in the night game. Uh, they're probably going to be out of the top twenty-five, if not in the the mid twenties. Uh, Southern Miss and Florida State. Oof. Sorry, Southern Miss. Like strap it on because uh, you're going to be taking a ride because I think there's a lot of speed at Florida State and they're just going to put it on them. Uh, UC Davis at Oregon State. That's uh, the Pac-12 after dark. I don't think anybody's going to be staying up late for that one. Uh, for those of, you, those of you that are uh, diehard uh, USC fans, they are kicking at 10.30 p.m. Oh, Fox oh, against Stanford. And how about this? Auburn, Auburn at Cal. 10:30. This, this is why there's no Pac-12. It has nothing to do with anything except Stanford at USC kicking at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, you why the Pac-12 lead. died. Yeah. yeah, you've got a you've got your number six ranked team playing at, at 10.30 p.m. Yeah, that's you know like, well, it's seven thirty on the left coast. Yeah, we get it, but who's going to watch that game? I mean, listen, something like ten percent of the country lives in the greater New York area. Add in D.C. and Atlanta, not to mention the you know the the three cities area then there in North Carolina, and you're talking what fifty percent of the country is not even going to get a chance to see it. I mean, that's madness. Yeah. And hence the East Coast bias. You know, there it is. Nobody gets to watch all the fun that's going on. I mean, UCLA playing San Diego State and Snapdragon Stadium. I mean, who doesn't want to wait up for that? I'm going to be there. At least I'm a Bruins fan. I would not wait up for the Trojans. Sorry. (laughs) You know, and then rounding out the schedule, your last two games, you got Oklahoma State and Arizona State, FS1, 1030 kick. And then – the pays the resistance. You have, like, I feel bad for these guys. University, uh, University of Albany at Hawaii. Come on, that game is perfect, man. It's an FCS game at Hawaii. It's a money well, game. Like they don't even care. Yeah, they're gonna go out there and catch some waves. Yeah, they're on the beach for sure. Yeah. So, Dan, you already mentioned yours. Uh, Zop, what are you watching? 
Well, I'm watching the Bruins. I mean, I'm going to be at the Army game, obviously, Saturday. I'm going to try and get back, um, turn on the late uh, late night games. I think, uh, you know, UCLA played Coastal, two touchdown win. They look pretty good. Five-star quarterback out of Detroit. Um, they're going to move to him pretty quickly. Moore's much more talented uh, than uh, uh, Gabbard is, so I think that they're going to go the direction of the uh, freshman pretty quickly. Oh, and they're wow. also uh, pretty deep uh, on the defensive side of the ball, holding Coastal to 13 points. Yeah. Dano, how about you? Yeah, man. Uh, you, you said it. Notre Dame at NC State is an interesting game. Iowa at Iowa State. And I got a good friend that went to Iowa State. Miami of Ohio at UMass. We talked about that. Minutemen looking to get back above 500, and I think they probably will. And then Texas at Alabama, man. I I am not a believer in Texas, and I am a believer in Bama. And, and you know, UConn at Georgia State, like, that's a real interesting game. So we're taking the tailgate TV with us this weekend to the, up to the lots. Uh, I got the battery. It'll show one game, but I don't know what game it'll show. Yeah. Well, I, I legitimately think, you know, going back and looking at it, you know, I'm definitely interested in in Army. I'll be watching that one, of course. They have all three service academies are actually going to be televised this weekend because it's like Armed Forces celebration on C- CBS Sports. So you're going to get to see all three academies play. It's like uh, I think it's uh, Army at 12, Navy at 12, at 3.30, and then Air Force at 6. So that kind of makes sense based off the time zones and everything else. Like I really want to watch App State North Carolina just because App State is – they're quietly good. They're always a good, solid team. And, you know, nothing nothing better than coming in and, and upsetting in-state rival at home. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think that'll be an interesting game to watch. And then uh, you know, I will definitely peek in on Texas and Alabama. I think Texas's best chance is to turn into a track meet, you know, try and get something over the top against Alabama's defense. They got to get the ball out of the QB's hands early. So if they're dinking and dunking, you know, short passes – uh, and they get into a rhythm. I mean, Quinn Ewers is good enough to get into a rhythm and keep Alabama off offense off the field, but it's going to come at a cost, you know. So how badly is he going to get dinged up at the end of this game if it's close? Uh, it, you know, if it's close at halftime, you know, advantage Texas. But you know, if, if Alabama jumps out, I'm going to early. I don't. That's like way too much pressure for a young quarterback to try and catch up against one of the greatest teams in the country. All right. I don't think you have two great games back to back. So Texas had them. Texas, you know, they had them last year. Uh, but as far as if, if you're going to go and say Saban's going to let them get that close two years in a row, I think you're fooling yourself. Yeah. Um, I like no. the sleeper games. I like the, the Mississippi Tulane game. I think that's going to be really yeah. fun to watch. And I do like the U against Texas A&M. Nice. All right. So let's go to weekly locks. Weekly locks. Dano, you're up. I went one and two last week. UConn covered against NC State, but uh, UTSA at Houston and Army at Louisiana Monroe both went way under early in the season. I don't know what I was thinking, but here we are. Offenses just aren't there yet. Um, My picks this week, Colorado minus two and a half at home versus Nebraska. I don't even understand that line. Like what? Um, I'll take Massachusetts plus seven at home against Miami of Ohio. It's tempted to smash the over of 46 and a half there as well, but I think Massachusetts is going to win that one outright. It's a way better team than you think. Um, and then Alabama giving seven at home versus Texas. Again, at what point did the tide become some sleeper pick to potentially win the SEC? Like, have we forgotten? I, I They were two plays away from making the national championship last year, two in a vacuum. So... Uh, tempted to take UConn at Georgia State, but we'll just leave it at three picks. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, and for me, I, I I went one and two last week. The only one that I was correct on was the uh, was the Colorado game. Uh, again, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Coach Prime again, but I'm gonna say take the under on uh, CU Nebraska just because I don't think that Nebraska is gonna bring anything to the table points wise. You know, and you don't yeah. think Colorado's gonna hang fifty seven and a half if Nebraska only sort of shows up. I, I don't know. I, I think they'll they'll get into the running game a little bit more. I, I think we've seen the passing game. We haven't seen the running game, and I know that's one of the biggest uh, discussion points for the Colorado offense is how well can they run. Like, they've run pretty well, you know, getting the ball to the outside and, and moving the pocket and getting the receivers open. But as far as, like, the pure running game from scrimmage, I think uh, – that's one of the areas that they want to work on this week. So do not be surprised if they, you know, take up some time consuming drives and, and, you know, take the hand, take the ball in the hands of Shador Sanders, just because he has the ability to control the game with his arm. And so if they start falling behind or it's close, I think they'll open up the offense and start throwing again, but I think they're going to focus on running this week. And that's why they're going to hit the under uh, take wake to cover the spread against Vandy. I think Vandy's, you know, this 10 and a half Vandy's two, two and oh, but I don't think they're going to hold up on a road win against the ACC team like wake Forest, even without Sam Hartman. I think wake is a better team. And then of course, uh, take the under the Notre Dame and NC state. I think Notre Dame, like their offense, their offense is good against teams that they should beat, but against a team like NC State, I think it'll be a lot tougher than uh, a lot tougher sledding. I think I, I think it'll be you know like a thirty-five fourteen kind of game. I don't think right. they'll uh, yeah I don't think they'll they'll bust into the forties this time. So uh, we'll see. I, I mean, those are my picks right now. Uh, Zop, I know we're putting you on the spot. I don't know if you have any lines in front of you, but. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to take uh, just a couple. I don't know the lines, but I don't think it really matters in some of these. I'm going with the, the homeboys. So I'm going to go home at Michigan uh, to score a million points against UNLV. I'm going to take Miami at home uh, to beat Texas A&M straight up. Don't know what the line is there. Um, I also like Alabama. Um, and then finally, Washington at home against Tulsa is uh, pretty intriguing to me. I think they're playing good football already. Penix is a dominant quarterback. And then finally, I'm going to go one more. Oklahoma is going to follow up with at least 50-plus points at home against SMU. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'd be really, really surprised if they beat SMU that badly, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Both, I, haven't, both. I haven't watched SMU, so I'm just – that just seems amazing. But I guess, you know, it's Oklahoma. Who knows? Yeah. Bold choices. We will, we will definitely get those into uh, the, the first club this week or on the Patreon as weekly locks. We'll get you uh, in there for sure as a guest picker zop uh, bandwagon update. So Dano is crushing it on this thing, man. Like you may not have to ship the, uh, the belt to James after all, because right now you are in the driver's seat and firmly in control. Uh, there's a, Matt is, of course, is right behind you. So Daniel's got 20, 24 points. Matt has 20 points. And there's a four way tie for third place with 15 points apiece. Like, yeah, hey, uh, it's, I had to trade out of three positions again this week. I took Colorado, got that big road win. Those road wins are money, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, I'm going to run out of trades. That's what I'm scared of. I've got 19 <laughs> trades left to last me the whole season. Yeah. But I like I'm I'm actually enjoying the bandwagon update. It makes me like have to dig in a little bit more just because it's like, hey, I have three home wins, but for some reason I only have 14 points. Like it's that's because the home wins aren't worth as much as the road wins. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, the only reason I'm up right now is because Matt tried to take Army on the road to get the sure victory, and I was like, damn, I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But again, I think I, I think that's the way to go. I, I like it. It's a cool it's a cool way to kind of keep track of college football. But hey, folks, this brings us to the end of another college football roundtable. Hey, college football is back, so strap it on and get ready to follow your college football teams with the As for Football team as well as Army and other college football coverage. Hey, look, we try and open this up. That's why we have a lot more discussions about college football writ large here on the roundtable. Again, today's topic was holy moly, is the transfer portal legit? I think it is. I think it's going to shape the way college football is going to work out from here on out. I think now the next uh, the next big talking point in the offseason is can we get a collective bargaining agreement so we can get a new NCAA college football video game? I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that game's going to roll out before 2026 because there's too many uh, too much discussion with name, image, and likeness, you know. Yeah, I was going to go with the collective bargaining uh, agreement to get name, image, and likeness under control because what are the rules? Like, that's a real problem. Yeah. It's, it's great. Pay the players. I'm for it. But, yo, what are the rules? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there really are. You know, and I think that that's part of – but that's part of the reason why, you know, the college football game has been delayed. So the, the main thing is you got all these players talking about, you know, how do I get paid? You know, and they're looking at it from the standpoint of, well, guys get paid $17,000 a year for NIL for Madden, but they also have an NFL license and NFL Players Association's license as yeah. well as a much smaller pool of people to draw from. Right. So you're looking, you know, 32 teams with, you know, 80 players. That's only like two, you know, 200 plus folks, whereas there are 11,000 intercollegiate athletes just playing football. So there's no way that you're going to legitimately be able to give $17,000 ahead to a college football player. Now, the other the, the upside of it is, is like, hey, they're putting a game with your name on it. The downside of it is, is like maybe you're not going to get paid that much, but you're going to be immortalized forever in this video game. And if they go to the point where you can have the custom order, you know, like if you can have a custom ordered uh, jacket for your, your slip jacket for your game, I think that goes a heck of a long way. You know, like for hmm. me, like if I was a college player and like I had the opportunity to get myself like and my boys from my football team on the freaking cover of a video game and hold on to that thing forever. I think that intrinsic value of that means a hell of a lot more than, you know, a $17,000 check. But it's also hard to say that when, you know, you've got a camera crew following Shador Sanders around shooting video, you know, and tagging all the sponsors <laughs> in it. So, I mean, there's, there's kind of a, it's a double-edged sword to that. And hopefully, you know, they get it worked out because I know from a from a college football fan base, there's lots of people that have been waiting for this. They've been waiting for a better football simulation because, like, quite frankly, Madden doesn't change much every year. And so I think that's just another one of those things. And as the transfer portal gets live, like, is that going to become part of the college football game? So, like, you can legit transfer dudes to another school with no impact, not have to sit out a year, and then you can just completely rebuild your team. Like, that sounds exciting. Like, if that's a simulation, I want to be that coach on the simulation that's like, oh, I'm going to go to Alabama and poach their number two quarterback because I know he's a five-star, you know? Yeah, hey, hey, listen, the graphics guys are hating you right now because, honestly, first of all, it's a free-for-all. So now you got Hartman wearing a gold helmet, and you got these. I mean, it's, it's madness. So the graphics artists should be making the money not the players yeah but i but i legitimately think it's just one of those things like when you look at the guys that are the folks that are pulling in the most cash it's the female athletes in sports that weren't normally making money and like kids in high school whose parents are famous athletes like Bronny yeah. james is yeah, yeah. like like Bronny james is not gonna have to pay for college because he can just cut him a check with his nil money you know nothing wrong with that 
you know, you only have however, to pay for one year anyway. True. All right. Well, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Zop, thanks for coming on. The notorious ZOP calling out of parts unknown. We got Dano Ikebesa out of coastal Connecticut, and I'm Rob the Angry Colonel calling from my upstairs office in Vietnam. But uh, this is the end of the college football roundtable. Hey, we thank you guys for checking us out, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Beat Delaware State. Beat them. Gorming. Thanks for listening to the Ask for Football College Football Roundtable. Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com, B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at BuyerBarn.com. Thanks again for listening to Ask for Football College Football Roundtable and as always, beat Navy.